Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Shy Sports Combo. We are your hosts, Edgar Romero and Martin Barraza. Today's episode will be going over the NFL Division round, as well a little bit of the Bulls season, how they're going so far, and the little uh, uh, investigation that the MLB has going on with the new starting pitcher for the White Sox, Mike Clevenger. But overall, how are we doing today, Martin? Doing very good. I mean, we're closer to we're closer to the Super Bowl, which is a very exciting time, and we got some very good matchups coming up this weekend. Yes, we do, and a lot of pretty 50-50 matchups where you don't know where to lean at. So that's pretty good. That's exciting. But let's start with the NFL division round. Last week, Saturday, the first game, the Chiefs and the Jaguars lost to the Chiefs 27-20. Out of this game, the interesting thing that happened in this game is Patrick Mahomes' ankle rolled. And he looked like he was pretty much limping throughout the whole game. And and what's and was um Constantly heavily like playing with it. So let's see how he does when he moves on to the AFC championship. But before anything, we talk about that. What do the Jaguars need to add in order for them to be a threat in the playoff round? Um, they just need a the game was actually closer than expected. I think uh when we make these predictions on these games, I usually go, because I'm a betting man, I usually go by the line. I picked the Jaguars to cover. I mean, Kansas City was a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, yes. I, picked, I picked the ja- uh, Jaguars to cover. They covered. Um, I think what helped, what helped the Jaguars is that, again, Patrick Mahomes is, you know, had that injury. that It looked pretty bad in the, in the replays. Maybe like a torn ACL, but it ended up being his ankle. Um, and I think that kind of hindered a little bit of what makes Patrick Mahomes special because Patrick Mahomes, what makes him special is rolling out of the pocket and making some plays that they're off script. He's probably the best in the NFL at that. Um, but Jacksonville kept the game pretty close. Um, what showed was their inexperience, especially in the quarterback position. Um, I think. Offensively, they got some solid weapons. I mean, they have Evan Ingram, who was drafted pretty high, was expected to be a big focal part of the New York Giants offense. He really, he really shown, he really shown here in Jacksonville. He played very well, got a good connection with Trevor Lawrence. I still think they need a big time number one receiver type of like Justin Jefferson type receiver. They have solid pieces. They have a lot of number twos to me. I think Christian Kirk's a two. Zay Jones is a number two. Uh, Mel- Marvin Jones is a two. They don't have that big, big impact receiver like a DeAndre Hopkins, like that type of player. And I think that would really help out this team. Uh, probably they can get it in the draft. I think defensively, they're, I mean, they're a work in progress defensively. I like their front four and their linebackers. I think... They need a corner opposite of Tyson Campbell, and they need better in the secondary. But all in all, it was a good season for Jacksonville because you won your division, which is something that you thought that they needed to win because it's a winnable division with a team like that. You went in, you beat the Chargers after Lawrence having one of the worst games that I've seen, rebounds, and now you face Patrick Mahomes and a red-hot Kansas City Chiefs team and you take him to the limit and you'll lose by a touchdown it is very encouraging for this team to go that direction I think you just need a little bit more talent but they're but they're there and the good thing is Trevor Lawrence got some experience but you know Patrick Mahomes just did just did just enough to get Kansas City the victory in that game yep I have to agree with you more because Many time that you have the best team in the AFC, which is the Kansas City Chiefs, and you take them to the limit, that has to be an eye-popping 
for the fans especially to see it like oh hey we're we're almost there we're almost there we just need some other pieces but yeah you're right on the road too they did that on the road in kansas city it's a very tough place to play and you hear all the roar of the crowd and the high decibels if you're the con family after what what happened with urban meyer last year and what doug peterson and their gm has been able to do and get that confidence back in trevor lawrence they're heading in the right direction they need to be adding some more pieces but it's an exciting time and hopefully it is a sustainable thing going forward for the Khan family and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yep. So let's move on to the second game of Saturday night. And we go to the awful game that was from all three of them, the Giants at the Eagles. And last week, I picked the Giants over the Eagles because I felt that the Giants had the momentum. But, damn. The Eagles crushed the Giants, beating them 38-7. to Eagles yeah, but- look dominant in all fronts. Uh, but the Giants, what happened? Yeah, and going back to the going back to the spread, Philadelphia was an eight-point favorite. I know you picked the Giants. I actually picked the Giants to cover. So Philadelphia to win, but the Giants to cover. Um, this was the third meeting because you know it's an interdivisional matchup, and New York lost both ball games. And you would think this might have been a closer game. The Eagles came out. A lot of the question marks was if Jalen Hurts' shoulder was healthy, and it was throwing passes to AJ Brown, throwing passes to Dallas Goddard, and throwing a deep ball to Devontae Smith. The Giants looked lifeless in that game. Yes, they did. They looked lifeless in the game, and they were not able to keep up with the firepower of Philadelphia. The lack of weapons really showed up in that game. And that kind of shows you it's more than an indictment now on Kirk Cousins of, look, Minnesota has good weapons, and they were not able to beat this team. They think for me, and Richie James is an okay player, the Giants don't have any weapons. And also defensively, for me, I thought they have a good pass rush. Leonard Williams, they're able to rush the quarterback in the Giants. They were not able to do anything and disrupt any timing of the Philadelphia Eagles offense. And on top of that, defensively, the Eagles were stymieing the New York Giants. And Daniel Jones turned back into last year's Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones did not play well. And it showed. No. Yes. And Philadelphia is a very, very good football team. And they're a very talented team on all facets. And they got a lot of weapons. To me, it showed they got a lot of weapons. Their offensive line is good. And defensively, they're, they're very good as well. Yeah. Um, I was not expecting this defeat like, to be like this. I only rooted for the Giants because, hey, the momentum, they had it. If they would have kept it a closer game, it probably would have gone either way. But since the Eagles were home, uh, uh, the home team, more likely chances they were gonna win. But they came out and just out of out of the first quarter, just put a a nail to to the Giants' coffin and send them packing home. <laughs> yep, two touchdowns in the first quarter. Yep, and from there you kind of felt the wind coming out of the Giants' sails and said, "Oh crap! Oh crap!" This we can't do this, and then by the end of the ha- uh, halftime, it was twenty-eight nothing. Yes, it was twenty-eight nothing, and it was already over. I stopped watching, and then I just turned it back on to see the final score, and it was just three-eight to seven, <laughs> and the, and the touchdown was scored at the fourth quarter. So I was like, yeah, okay. I'm a, yeah, and such a shame because it's a prime time game on a Saturday, so you would expect yeah. a better game on Saturday. And honestly, it's shame on the NFL because out of the four games. This was the game to me that had the potential to be a bust out yeah. of all four games. But yeah, the Eagles win again. Fly Eagles fly. 3-0 against the Giants this year. Yep. So they move on. So now let's talk about Sunday's afternoon game between the Bengals and the Buffalo Bills and the Bengals 
from the start of the game held their own and came and played with a mission and beat the Bills 27 to 10. Bengals surprisingly were dominant in all three fields defensively, offensively, and the offensive line stepped up this game. So what happens to the Bills? And if you really think Josh Allen is overrated now after this game. Well, you hit the nail right on the head on this game. You you were pulling for Cincinnati. You made your prediction when we had our predictions last week. You predicted that Cincinnati was going to win the game. I thought Buffalo was going to still ride the emotional high. Remember, both of these teams did not play well against teams that were playing basically with their backup quarterback. And Cincinnati, I think, shocked me in how well they played. And basically, with a big chip on their shoulder, because pre-sale tickets were already going with Buffalo versus Kansas City over there in Mercedes-Benz Dome in Atlanta. And I think that was a fire that Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow came with. It's very disappointing because the turnovers are creeping up on Josh Allen. Josh Allen has had the knack of throwing the football and, ca- and, cr- and causing a turnover at the wrong time. Another problem that is starting to creep up on Buffalo, Buffalo cannot run the football. If you look at the, if you look at the stats or the rushing yards, Josh Allen was their leading ball carrier, eight carries and 26 yards. And if you compare that with Cincinnati, you got 20 carries over for 100 yards from Joe Mixon. So you get a good balance. Jamar Chase involved. And then you got the dysfunction for Buffalo. Uh, Stephon Diggs making a scene because, again, the inaccuracy for Josh Allen and not being able to get him the football. Yep. That's that's starting to become an issue in Buffalo. Uh, but it, it's disappointing. I expected a much better, a tighter ball game, but... The, win, the game is won in the trenches. And offensive line and defensive line for Cincinnati were much better than Buffalo's offensive and defensive line. Buffalo missed Von Miller. They missed putting pressure on the quarterback. They were not able to get put pressure on Joe Burrow at all. Joe Burrow reminds me of Tom Brady in the sense that this dude doesn't have a cannon. Like... Herbert, uh, Allen, Mahomes, Trevor Lawrence. But this guy is cerebral. He beats you in the line of scrimmage. And that's something that reminds me of Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. He doesn't have that fantastic arm, but he's got such a competitive nature. And I think his intangibles and his will to win are propelling him. And he's got great intellect and deadly deadly accurate and he's also has have a receiver who's one of the best in the NFL and he clicks and he's just an incredible talent and I'm very excited to see the game next week between Cincinnati and Kansas City and for Buffalo they got to get a they got to get a running back they got to get an offensive line they got to get more in turn they got to get a running game going for them and Josh Allen needs to cut on those turnovers Yep, you hit the nail on everything because that's what I saw from the Bills side. They had no running game going. In the second half, they depended on Adam to do all the running game for them, which was kind of uh, a head-scratcher because you're trying to come back and win and you're allowing Adam to do the running play games or whatever. He was the only one person that scored a touchdown for them. Mm-hmm. And that's really weird right there. I'm like, when you got Stefan Diggs and you got other players around you, but you're the main quarterback, you go, you score the touchdown, and then that's it. That's the only scoring touchdown you give the Buffalo Bills, and they go home. You left the you left the fans stunned there, just like asking question marks. But the Bengals move on, and they will take on the Chiefs. And this is going to be a good matchup. I can't wait for this matchup. But do you expect Patrick Mahomes to be 100% or not for this game? 
I don't expect Patrick Mahomes to be 100%. I mean, both me and you both saw the highlight. That injury did not look good. Hopefully, he doesn't need surgery at the end of the of the football season. But that injury didn't look good. And I don't expect him to be 100%. But this guy is really good. He's got really good arm talent. He's going to make some plays. And he, he, everybody needs to have hands on deck. Travis Kelsey, Juju Smith-Schuster. Um and all of his weapons because he's going to be a pocket quarterback and still he he's deadly with the with the court with the pocket in the pocket I'm sorry and he is able to make any throw he doesn't have a noodle arm that's one thing if he if he needs to sit in the pocket he'll be able to do it but it makes it makes Cincinnati's pass job a little bit easier if he's staying in the pocket and doesn't have that ability to run around because if I'm coach Andy Reid, I don't want him to be running around and potentially taking a hit to that ankle and knocking him out of the game because Chad Henney cannot win you this game because Patrick Mahomes couldn't get them home last year. So they have to, he's got to take care of himself. I don't expect him at 100%, but it's still going to be a good game. Yes. So who do you got between the Bengals and the Chiefs? as this is going to be the Sunday night game at 5.30 p.m. Well, we... So for the betting, for the betting people on the show, if you guys listen right now, Kansas City is a one-and-a-half-point favorite. You you made me get on the on the Burrow, Burrow uh, bandwagon. I am going with the Cincinnati Bengals on the... And for you betters, I would take the money line. Um, I'm going with Cincinnati to beat Kansas City. Me too. Yeah, you're right. I've been. I just told you, man. I'm like, I don't know, man. Jabber looks like he's on a mission because <laughs> so like he ain't taking crap from nobody. That's how. That's how he looks like he's playing right now. And it's and and the good thing about it, it's going. It's um, it's rolling over to his teammates. Mm-hmm. So let's move on to the final division round between the Cowboys at the 49ers. <laughs> and this was a defensive game. The Cowboys defense came up and they played their part as well as the 49ers, as always, because they're the top defensive team of all NFL. And sorry, Cowboys fans. But your QB back, he ain't clutch. The Cowboys lose because Dak had two interceptions, and then the kicker can't score a field goal. What was your thought on the games? Well, first of all, for San Francisco, uh, Brock Purdy did. Brock Purdy in that game, he was the epitome of a game manager, right? You yes. basically, it's like how Shanahan told him, do not lose us the game. Do not lose us the game. Take care of the football. Make the right decisions. Do not turn the ball over. Game manager right there. And if you're a rookie yeah. quarterback like Brock Purdy, that's all you can do. San Francisco did just enough. I think to me, it's more on Dallas. Dak Prescott's highs are very high and his lows are very low. He just coming off a great game against Tampa Bay, against Tom Brady, and then he lays an egg here against San Francisco. He's very inconsistent. When to- Tony Pollard got knocked out of the game, when he, br- he broke his leg, um, yeah. this team could not run the football anymore. Ezekiel Elliott, Ezekiel Elliott is a shell of himself. He can only... He can only... He, could, he can only play in close close goal line situations also these guys don't have any weapons outside cd lamb now that tony pollard went out i think in in previous episodes you stated that they were gonna miss they miss uh, amari cooper i do not understand why they chose michael gallup over amari cooper amari cooper had a great season with cleveland this year mm-hmm. and they chose a uh, chose michael gallup michael gallup has not done anything for them they missed him. They missed him. But I think they have a problem with their quarterback. And right now, that's their ceiling right now. 
Either yes. they'll win the division or get into the playoffs and they'll get to the divisional round. They're not going anywhere. They're kind of... Dak Prescott reminds me of Kirk Cousins. He'll yes. get you to the playoffs, but he won't win you anything. So, <laughs> so Minnesota and Dallas are at the problem right now is do you guys want to go to the playoffs and get bounced out every year? Yeah, you'll win, you'll win 9 to 12 games. But you're not going to win a Super Bowl. Or do I trade this guy or go somewhere or go with a young quarterback or go some with somebody that can get me to the play, that can win me a championship? Because right now, I feel like Prescott, Prescott and Kirk Cousins are in the same ballpark. I don't know what you think about, about my assessment. You're a hundred percent. When Dak Prescott, I first saw him with the Cowboys, he looked good. I think he had potential, but after year after years after years, this is the same. I saw I saw the same repetitiveness from him every year, where they make it or they choke at the end and they don't make it. And when they make it, they still choke in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Uh, Dallas wasted a lot of money of, of keeping the quarterback and Ezekiel Elliott. So those are two question marks that you gotta ask yourself. So sort of like, do you want to keep them? You trade them, or you just eat your money and just look for another player? Yeah. And Tony Pollard is a free agent at the end of the year. Tony Pollard took a lot of the bulk of the carries this year. He's a free agent with a broken leg, so you know he's not gonna get resigned. But you're stuck with Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott doesn't have his burst, doesn't have his stamina, doesn't have anything. Doesn't have anything. And Doc Prescott, I think, has plateaued as a quarterback. So, yeah, yeah, Jerry Jones is in a tough situation. And here's the thing. This defense for Dallas did enough to slow down this attack of San Francisco where you got Ayuk wasn't running anywhere. They kept him in check. Kittle had a solid game, but he wasn't, oh, my God, right? They kept yeah. McCaffrey in check. They kept uh, they kept uh, Debo Samuel in check. This is a game that should have been that should have been won because you have the superior quarterback with the longer track record. This is a game that they should have won because of the performance of their defense and the first interception that he caused was closer to the goal line, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so that in the red zone, yeah, I think it was in the red zone. Yeah, it's in the red zone, and we're talking about we should be talking about a tight game where the Cowboys actually winning. Mm-hmm. And if the kicker does not miss the field goal, I mean not the field goal, the the extra point, then the Cowboys. We're talking about the Cowboys beating the 49ers twenty to nineteen, but no. They they lose total nineteen and the Forty ers move on to face the Philadelphia Eagles. Shout out to Robbie Gold, former Bear, doing yep. his thing at forty years old. Forty years old and still and he was perfect. So so now going to the NFC Championship game, the Forty ers at the Eagles. That'll be a two o'clock start time on Sunday. Who do you got? Uh well, once again I'll we're I'm a degenerate gambler so I'll talk I'll talk my uh, gambling advice first. Um, the Philadelphia Eagles are a two and a half point favorite. These two teams are very good. Both of them have good weapons. I think it'll it and honestly comes down to the quarterback play. And Brock Purdy has been very very good. I think the closest story to Tom Brady as we're ever gonna see. Yeah. Now your assessment and an assessment that me and you are going to do. Either Brock Purdy is going to be good and lead this team to a championship, or one of these games, his rookie, his rookie status is going to make is going to show. And I think this game is it. I think he's not going to be able to make enough plays against that defense for the Eagles. We got two very good corners, very good safeties, and a front four that will get after you. These are two of the the better offensive lines. I think the Eagles 
will win and they'll cover the two and a half, two and a half points. And they're going to win because Jalen Hurts is actually going to make the plays that Dak Prescott did not. So I pick Philadelphia to advance and cover. Yeah, this is the 50-50 game for me. Uh, Quarterback-wise, I need more towards the Eagles. Defense-wise... I don't know if you have seen how the 49ers defense play, but they Yeah, 49ers ahead. number one defense in the league. So I give the edge to the 49ers. Slight the edge, 49, maybe. The, the 49ers defense, when they tackle the quarterback and any wide receiver or whatever, they go after the knees and the legs. <laughs> it's dirty, but that's, hey, that's, I mean. Yeah, that's what they did with the Dallas Cowboys. That's what I've seen them do is like they go towards the legs where you're running game. If they are able to control that and get to Hurts, then my I think the 49ers win. So I'm I, I, it's all on the 49ers defense on what they do in this game. But quarterback wise, yeah, it has to be Hurts and a bit of the the weapons. Yeah, I know I understand, but you know what? Since you're going with the Eagles, I go for the 49ers. Yeah. Uh, I think, and the 49ers have a shot, but to me, defense has to play really well. And Brock Purdy needs to have an efficient game like he did against the Cowboys, not turn the ball over, and at least he has to score a touchdown, either running or throwing, at least one, and have a clean game and the defense play well. I think that's a recipe for the 49ers to win. Also, I need the 49ers, George Kittle, to be the way how he played with the Cowboys. And you will need McCaffrey and Samuel to step it up and actually come out in this game as well. So pretty much everything needs to work for the 49ers in order for them to have a chance to actually beat the Eagles. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be an exciting it's gonna be a very exciting game. I think we're we're both in for a treat this weekend because they're both two very good matchups. And two very different storylines. You got two of the best young, two of the best young quarterbacks in the league in the AFC, and then in the NFC, you got Jalen Hurts still proving himself, trying to get into that upper echelon, and you got this young kid by the name of Brock Purdy trying to lead his team to a championship, and probably being the second coming of Tom Brady in terms of story. Yep. Yep, you got the one game where it's the game two. <laughs> Second meeting in the AFC Championship between the Chiefs and Bengals. And Bengals got their got the first matchup won against them by a field goal. And now they get the rematch in the AFC Championship on Sunday. And let's see if the Chiefs either pull it off or the Bengals pull it off. So... That was it for football. Let's move on to the Chicago White Sox and this news where it's a head scratcher. But starting pitcher recently signed by the White Sox on a one-year deal. Mike Clevenger is under investigation by MLB due to domestic violence. Um, I mean, domestic allegations and child abuse. What are your thoughts on that? And this investigation has been, I believe, starting since the summer. Yeah, this is this is terrible because because I think from what I've been hearing and from all the articles that I've been reading, yeah, this is this was even when this investigation happened when he was a free agent. Yeah. So, and I know that there's a disclosure that worked between MLB and the Players Association with these are those are not supposed to be discussed. But I do think that this is a thing that has to be disclosed. And for me, yes. it becomes a question of did the White Sox do their due diligence in fig in, in knowing about this investigation? Now if the White Sox knew about it and they still went ahead and signed them, 
that's bad. It's really, really bad, and that's terrible. And that's a terrible look on the organization. Yeah. Now, if they didn't, I think MLB has to do something of dis- disclosing this and letting teams know, and letting teams yeah. know. I know they don't because you know they still have to go to trial. They have to prove that this is actually happened. But from all accounts, based off the, off the woman that was involved in this incident, this does not look good, and this is terrible. And again, who is friend Trevor Bauer? Yep. And Trevor I've been Bauer. reading that Trevor Bauer, they're really good friends. So, and Clevenger hasn't had the best reputation as well, just like Trevor Bauer doesn't. And then too. Also reading reports that Clevenger was also involved with that lady that accused Trevor Bauer of, you know, doing and doing <laughs> yeah. what he was doing. So hanging out with the right people. But to me, and we might never know this, but if the White Sox knew about it and they still signed him, or is this the reason why they signed him to a one year deal? I'm now I'm skeptical of if they signed him for a one-year deal, they might have known about this and said, hey, this might be a fire. We'll just maybe, it's a one-year deal. We can get rid of him if things are going on. Then that's a bad look on the organization. And, yes. I'm, not a, and, and I'm not a White Sox fan, but say, for example, if this happened to the Cubs, because I'm a Cubs fan, I would be very annoyed and very disappointed in the office. Because of what's going, because of this going on, and you have to have some, you have to have some values and and in your organization. And for me, I would just pay to to release him. I'll give you your money and 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 let and let him go. Yep, you're right. Because um, like it's it's more of a digging for information. And like you said, I'm like, how the organization did not look too much into his background or something? Because I don't know. I don't know what happens. But according to them, they don't, they did not find out until after they signed, signed him. So it's like, hmm. That becomes another question mark too. Like, wait, you signed him and then, then you find out that he has this... Uh, in his background that they're under investigation so yeah it's kind of weird but we'll see how this story goes with them and what happens so moving on from the White Sox let's talk about the Chicago Bulls oh yes they currently are, are 22 and 26 four games under 500 they're in 11th place of the East standings and the tread deadline is looming and it will be on February 9, 2023. So my question is what should the Bulls do? Oh man, this is this is a this is an interesting question because the Bulls the Bulls right now they're tied they're tied for 10th. They're 12 games out. I, they're right in that playing game, so this is it, it's just this it, inconsistency with this team. This team, I don't know what happened to this team defensively. They do not play defense. Nope. And there's a big inconsistency. And Zach Levine, Zach Levine isn't healthy. And I think one of the trepidations with like, us as fans with them signing Zach Levine has not been a healthy player. And now they gave him this deal, and I'm like, is he going to stay healthy for the rest of his deal? Because Demar has been playing really well, but Demar is going to slow down. And you would think that he's the future, but he's always not healthy. The other day, Zach Levine had one of his worst games of his career, and he single-handedly cost them the game against the Indiana Pacers. Yeah. I don't know if you saw that game, but man... That was tough. They were leading most of the game. Turnovers at the end. Yep. Made by Zach Levine. And they they lost the game. So, 
I don't know if you would. You're at the point where either, and they don't have a lot of assets. They probably have to trade Vooch. And if you trade Vooch, you're pretty much saying, yeah, I'm not going to make the playoffs this year. They really need Lonzo Ball back. And Lonzo Ball, unfortunately, his injury has really hurt this team in terms of taking the taking another direction because he they don't have a point guard. They don't have a facilitator in this team. And then the perimeter defense that Lonzo Ball gives you is so important. More important than Alex Caruso. I love Alex Caruso, but Caruso can't score and he's too small. So it's tough, man. It's a it's really tough. They're in they're they're very they're in they're in the middle. They're in the middle. They I don't see them going up, making moves to get them into the upper echelon of teams, but I don't know what they have to let go. They have to probably Patrick Williams or Io, and I wouldn't let go of any of them. And I don't think they have any draft capital either. So they just, I, to me, they got to write it out. I, uh, for me, I think uh, I would just trade Vucevic and try to get something for Alex Caruso as well. Okay. Keep the Mar because he still got another year of control with him. The same thing with Lonzo Ball. He ain't going nowhere. Yeah, nobody's in a... Everybody's not going to... He would yeah. have to play at least 10, 15 games for teams mm-hmm. to even try to give you an offer for him. So you're, yeah. you're right. Yeah, Vucevic becomes a free agent after this season. So if I'm the Bulls, I'm just trading him and get either, like you said draft capita so they could have something the same thing with Alex Caruso trade him to a, a contending team that's going to help that he was able to help them and when because I don't know if he has another extra year or or, or unless if Caruso has more years on, on his contract then yeah your option is just maybe just trading Vucevic and just ride the season without him but yeah because if he becomes a free agent and I don't think they're going to I don't think he's being resigned by the Bulls for next season. Do you believe Vucevic resigns? Uh, for uh, Vucevic, no, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't resign him. I, I, you're right. I think I would look for a contender, somebody that needs somebody that needs a a, a five that spaces the floor because Vucevic is not. A, he can pick and pop. He can shoot, and he would be very. He would be very beneficial to say a player kind of like Giannis's style where they need to go in the lane and score and score just with layups and stuff. He would be that piece. I think there were a lot of rumors of him going to the Lakers, but you know, the Lakers traded for Achimura. Yeah. Um, and most likely, I think the Bulls are going to want a first round pick. The Lakers don't want to get let go of that first round pick. But I think you're right, and I don't think the Bulls should have should get him. I think what Vucevic brings is a shooter, a scorer. Unfortunately, the Bulls don't have. You have to sacrifice the rim protection because I don't think Vuce is a very good rim protector or a very good defender, and he, he's not going to be cheap. So I, I'm with you on that. I would I would have a meeting, especially after the All Star game, and say, hey. I don't know if the all-star game is before the trade deadline, I assume. Um, after that, I would see where I am. And if, you know, I'm not even, if I'm not even close to one of those playing games, I would say, you know what, let's trade Vooch and get as much draft capital as we can. Yeah. Hopefully a first round pick, hopefully. Hopefully, but yeah, that's, that's, that's where I've been going and, and just sign a defender to replace his shooting and hopefully by that time Lonzo Levine Damar with those three guys they could run the offense and and while you have at least two good defenders added to that makes the react great for them and hopefully Patrick Williams take that next step to kind of replace the scoring of Vooch 
Vooch along with Lonzo, I mean, Williams with Lonzo together to replace the scoring that you're going to lose if you don't re-sign Vooch. I think, and Vooch in this offense, I think he's like a what, a 20, 20 point player, 20 to yeah. 18 to 20 points. So I think in be- between them, they can give you that production. But Williams has to continue to grow as a player if they're not re-signing Vooch because he has to pick up that slack offensively. Yep. Yeah, right. But we'll see what happens. As I just said, February 9th is looming for the trend line, the NBA. So let's see, let's see who goes where. And one more topic before we end the show. To all these wrestling fans, tomorrow night it's the World Rumble. So, Martin, who do you got winning the Royal Rumble tomorrow? Um, that's a very interesting question. Um, really, right now, two people, based off how the product is going, really two people come to mind. Cody Rhodes, which I think it was pretty obvious. But my pick outside the box. What do you think of Sammy, Sammy Zayn winning? That would shock the whole fan base as well. He's 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 red hot right now, and I think they're very clamoring to. So imagine you see the storyline where it's going. I think they're they're trying to build with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. You know, mm-hmm. lifelong friends outside the ring, getting together. You know, taking the belts off the Usos. Well, you know what? Seeing how hot the crowd is, and you know. Hey, it might not be a bad idea. Doesn't scream WrestleMania? Uh, Roman Reigns versus Sami Zayn. But, I mean, they've done a very good job in terms of storytelling with the bloodline. And I think the fans will eat it up if he wins the Royal Rumble and he has to, you know, choose. Choose and, you know, between facing Roman Reigns and, you know, what Roman Reigns is going to do. And it, it's good in terms of a story, but I think Cody's going to win it. I'm with you. That's the number one. I believe that Cody's going to win it. But if not Cody, here's the number two that I bet you may happen. And this won't be a surprise for you. Mm-hmm. It's going to be either Stone Cold or The Rock. Ah. <laughs> uh. I okay. could see that I could see that especially Stone Cold since he came back last year and he felt good I could see Stone Cold entering the Royal Rumble winning it Seth Rollins screwing over Cody Rhodes and throwing him out to get revenge for Cody beating him three times and get the heat on Rollins and turn him back into a heel then in the relationship chamber match they will announce that you know what at Wrestlemania Roman Reigns is gonna fight in two nights defending the Universal title one night and defending the WWE title on the other night and that elimination chamber you get your six guys Cody Rhodes wins and the last person he beats again is Seth Rollins and then he moves on to Wrestlemania to face one of those two belts Wow. Now that is intricate storytelling. I mean, I like the idea. I mean, nostalgia-wise, I mean, I mean, I love Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock. No, I know, me, me too. I, 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 and it's like, yeah, we're in the era, but I already know how the damn WWE thinks because they're trying to sell all the damn tickets and make it a spectacular WrestleMania. No, I, I mean, I get it. But for me, the problem that I have is like, I look for the future. As much as I love Stone Cold Steve yeah. Austin and The Rock, I cannot rely on these retired superstars coming and selling out my stadiums. I need to build my own stars. And for me, the Royal Rumble, if you're going to win, invest in the roster that's here now. That's here now. And th- But there's a problem. Like, they always do these with these returning stars. Like, Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock are always going to be catapulted. And then 
us as fans are going to be like, okay, that's fantastic, right? It's good for nostalgia for us. I mean, the we grew up in the Attitude Era. We have most of our memories there. Yeah. But then, like, you need to make new stars. Like, I want to keep because Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock are not there all day of all the days of the year. They're there for these main shows. But the rest of the time that we consume the product, it's boring because they don't build stars. And when when this WrestleMania comes, there is no excitement of, oh shit, here comes Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn, or here comes, here comes Austin Theory versus somebody else. We gotta have Stone Cold come out or The Rock come out to pique our interest because the stars they have now are not good enough to hang with, you know, to hang with the stars of yesteryear, yeah. like. The attitude star, attitude era stars, were also good enough. Where like that's the thing is like they come back to these attitude era stars, and you got stars now in in now's time, they can't hold a candle to them, and that's not the case where you brought when you had stars in the eighties, right? When no. you had Hulk Hogan and you got Bret Hart and you got those guys come back. The guys in the Attitude Era did not shrink, did not look like they didn't belong. They did not look like they weren't big enough stars. You bring in these guys with the roster they have now, they only have one guy to me that seems like legit to be in the same ring as those two guys, and that's Roman Reigns. Back then, they had like a handful. They don't even have a handful now. That's my only problem. Yeah. Business-wise, they say what they're doing, and it's a business. They need to sell out. They need to sell out SoFi Stadium. It's a big stadium, and that's what yeah. that happens when you bring in when you bring in these stadium shows. You need attractions. Well, they don't make their attractions, so they got to bring in these Attitude Era stars. Um, but hopefully, Cody wins. But I do feel like The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin are going to have big roles in this WrestleMania to your credit. Yes. Especially for Hollywood since they're in they're in Los Angeles, Hollywood. So yeah, that's the only way that I see if they do return it, they're gonna use them to have a again uh, to have a match against Roman Reigns. Cause there's no other way for you to add them. Hey, I'm so close to you I'm gonna come back and I want to challenge you for a universal title, a title that I never held. Mm-hmm. Doesn't make any sense. So it's like people—I know people are going to be mad if, you, or they're going to critique because why would they win or whatever? But it's like okay. But in my opinion, yes, I do want Cody to win. I want my—I want to mind Sammy if he won something new, something different, and let's see the how it goes. He got the fast reaction, so he should be fine. He's gonna get that pop regardless, but if they go the Stone Cold and then the Rocks, the Rock's way, then I believe that that's how they're gonna do it. They're gonna come in number thirty and sure, mm-hmm. if you smell, they're gonna come in and <laughs> eliminate whoever they gotta eliminate. And then, like I said, you still got that Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins rivalry. So I'm, I'm thinking that Cody's coming in back to. Beat the crap out of Seth Rollins because he put him supposedly on the shelf. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. That's the whole. And since you're right now, the fans are tearing Seth Rollins. What's the biggest way to get the fans to boo you is by you eliminating Cody Rhodes and then you, the heel goes back to you. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, I think Cody should win too. The storyline's there. Yes. And I think for me, if you're not having The Rock versus Roman Reigns, you know, head of the table or. The Rock versus, or sorry, Stone Cold versus Roman. To me, in terms of star power in house, because I don't want to see Roman versus Bobby Lashley. I don't want to see Roman versus Drew. I don't want to see Roman versus Brock Lesnar. We're done with all those. It's been played too much. The only one to me that has the star power and that WrestleMania feel is Cody. The natural story of. You know what? I came back here because my dad now win a championship, and I want to do this for my dad. My dad, my dad trained all y'all motherfuckers, and and you know there's a connection there. Um, yeah. 
And for Sammy, it's like, for me, honestly, it's like when Daniel Bryan came up and got catapulted into the main roster or the, the main event. Yeah. It would be cool storytelling. And I know Triple H, Triple H along with Paul Heyman are enhancing that story. So to me, it would be a, a good one. Yeah, Sami Zayn, Sami Zayn doesn't scream like main event marquee, but the story that they're doing allows it to me to be in WrestleMania. But but we'll see. I mean, it's uh, the, it's very limited in terms of who will win. It's yeah, it's, she got uh, it's limited. Yeah, limited. Yeah, you you don't even know because it's like, damn. but we'll see. We'll see the surprise returns, who returns or who shows up, but. That will be tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Central Time. But thank you guys for listening. I hope you like the show. Keep following us on Twitter at Shy Sports Combo One. Keep listening us listening to us on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. As well, you could um, hear Martin's archive wrestling podcast, the Shoe Style Wrestling Podcast. On Google's app on Spotify as well. Mm-hmm. And also, you guys could follow our new partnership at GMS Esports on the Discord or the um, at their website at gmsesports.com. That's our new partnership, gaming. Anything else for you, Muffy? No, no. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And, yeah, keep... Uh... Yeah, again, all you esports fans, listen to GMS Esports, Gaming Made Simple Esports. Their website is now live. If you guys want to check them out, and also check them out on, on Discord, GMS Esports. Again, please give them a follow. Uh, they, they're doing excellent content. And again, if you guys are interested in video games, especially the shooting games, and just just follow them. Even if you guys are kind of thinking of buying a game, listen to follow them. You might you might be very interested in the game. But yeah, follow them GMS Esports and follow on their website and on Discord. Well, thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Have a good morning, good evening, good night, or whatever time you listen to this podcast. We'll see you next week. We'll see you next week. <laughs>